the book of Esther. We are going to go through chapter 5 and 6 today. I know, and here's why. Have you ever watched a show or something like that on TV, and you, and you watch, and then there's like a cliffhanger, and you have to wait a whole nother week, and then they created Netflix so you don't have to do that, and you can just binge? You're going you're gonna, to, I'm going to binge preach today, and I know you're thinking, oh, but you did the early service so you can still get out for lunch in time. All right, I'm going to pray. We got some work to do today in the text, so we need to pray. I need to pray. We need the Spirit's help, and then we are going to, we're going to run, so let's do it. God of all grace, we do love you and thank you for this day. Lord, we are thankful for uh, the rain outside, Lord. We are thankful that uh, our lands have needed it. Lord, we are thankful that we can be in this place today. I'm thankful for everybody that's here. Lord, I do ask that you you would speak in a mighty way, Lord, Through your word, by your spirit, you would speak to our hearts, you would speak to our minds, and Lord, you would would use it in a mighty way to touch everyone here, Lord, that you would make us look more like Jesus today. Sanctify us, Lord. For those who may be here who do not know you, we pray that they would come to know you today. And Holy Spirit, I do ask that you would help me to preach this text faithfully. Lord, let us sit under your word now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Esther chapter 5. Let me uh, read through the text, and then we're going to uh, jump. Chapters 5 and 6. Let me read through the text, starting in verse 1, Esther chapter 5. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, in front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance of the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. And he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter, and the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? And it shall be given you, even to the half of my kingdom." And Esther said, If it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. Verse 6. And as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, What is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom, it shall be fulfilled. Then Esther answered, My wish and my request, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. And Haman went out that day joyful and glad of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him, he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and he said, And he sent and brought his friends and his wife, Zeresh. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, all the promotions with which the king had honored him, and how he had advanced him above the officials and the servants of the king. Then Haman said, Even Queen Esther let no one but me come with the king to the feast she prepared. And tomorrow also I am invited by her together with the king. Yet all this is worth nothing to me. 
so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all of his friends said to him, let a gallows 50 cubits high be made. And in the morning, tell the king to have Mordecai hanged upon it. Then go joyfully with the king to the feast. This idea pleased Haman, and he had the gallows made. Chapter 6. On that night, the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds and chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold and who had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or distinction was, has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended said, Nothing has been done for him. The king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, what should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, for the man whom the king delights, let royal robes be brought which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set, and let the robes and the horse be handed over to, the, to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor. Let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Hurry, take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew." who sits at the king's gate, leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And Haman told his wife Zeresh and all of his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but surely fall before him. Whoa. All right. Quick reminder. Where are we at here? Okay. Book of Esther, we know, is during the time of there are many of the Jewish people are exiled. They are not back at the promised land as they should have been. It's been about a hundred years since they were taken into captivity. Some returned as the, as the Lord worked in a Persian king's heart and gave them favor, and they returned and they obeyed the voice of their God. However, the majority did not go back to the promised land. A new king came, that's Ahasuerus. Chapter 1 is all about showing Ahasuerus and oh, how great he looks, but really, he's nothing. He is a big loser. That's all he is. We saw how God worked in a providential way in, the, in Queen Vashti, that she rejected what he wanted, and then we saw that as they were drinking and having a good time, they said, you know what, we're going to make a whole bunch of laws now, which were dumb laws. Vashti could not become queen again. And all women in their homes had to respect their husbands, listen to their husbands. We talked about how Jesus is a better king. Chapter 2, we talked about how God providentially then worked, and these young men said, oh, here's what you need to do. You need to bring all the young virgins to the king and let him choose one. We see that the Lord raised up Esther or Hadassah and worked in such a way that she found favor in everybody's sight and she became the queen. Then Mordecai discovered a plot at the end of chapter 2. He overheard that there were some who wanted to kill the king. And so he told Esther, 
in the name of Mordecai. And Esther told the king, and those guys were killed. But nothing happened for Mordecai. He was not rewarded. Chapter 3 then, it says that five years later, we now have somebody else who's raised up, and it's not Mordecai, even though he did something great. It's this guy, Haman. And there's issues between Haman and Mordecai and his people and Mordecai's people. And so Mordecai would not bow down. And so Haman found out he was a Jew and was very angry and said, talk the king into making a decree that would kill all the Jews, wipe them out completely. But we see the Lord's providence providence and protection of his people. Last week in chapter 4, we then saw that Mordecai goes and he puts on the, the sackcloth and ashes and he's mourning and all the people are mourning and it, we're trying to figure out, are they, are they really lamenting and weeping? Are they really crying out to God? God's not mentioned. Prayer's not specifically mentioned. Then we see this exchange between Mordecai and Esther. And whether Mordecai knows it or not, he says two great truths that Esther has been brought is at this place for such a time as this. And we talked about how that's true in all of our lives. And it was remarkable. And he also said that help would come from someplace else. Little does he know that will come from the Lord their God because he always keeps his promises. He always protects his people. So then Esther, we see the, the shift, I believe, in that at the end of chapter 4 where Esther tells Mordecai and tells all the Jews, let us fast and cry out to our God. And that's how chapter 4 ended. Let's work through chapters 5 and 6, verse by verse. God's people have turned to him, crying out to him, fasting and praying on the third day. Chapter 5, verse 1. Third day of the fasting, Esther puts on her royal robes. She was worried. Remember, she was worried because the king had not called her for 30 days. She didn't even know, was he going to accept her? Because when she would go in, if he doesn't accept her, she can be killed. Third day, she puts on the royal robe. She's going to remind him who the queen is. And stood in the inner court of the king's palace, in front of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room, opposite the entrance of the palace. There's detail here so you can see the king is great on his throne. And here comes Esther in. What is going to happen? And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won. What does the text say? favor in his sight and held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Her God did not forget her. Your God does not forget you. And when you humble yourself and turn and cry out to your God, the favor that we see is remarkable. Yes, he's had favor on them throughout, even when they've been unfaithful. But now we're seeing it at another level as they are humble and turning to him. Verse 3, and the king said to her, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? And look what he says right away. Hasn't seen it for 30 days. Right away, what does he say? It shall be given you even up to half of my kingdom. Whether he really meant that or it's just a way of saying, I'll give you anything you want. Look at the amount of favor that is on her. God is working. And Esther said, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. That is not what we were talking about. Her people were going to be killed. She was supposed to go and ask that the king would not kill all of her people. And she says, you want some food? I got some chicken wings. She's a wise woman. But seriously, here's why she's wise. 
she has gone to her God in prayer and fasting. And so he is guiding her on what she needs to do. If it please the king, come and have a great meal. <laughs> Verse 5. Then the king said, bring Haman quickly so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. Do you see now Esther is speaking and people are actually listening to her? The whole first part of the text, she's always just doing what everybody else tells her. Also interesting, the women, we have laws, you're not supposed to do anything. All of a sudden, Esther is stepping out of that. She's speaking, and because of the grace of her God, people are listening. The king is listening. And as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, What is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. The king knows something's up here. He's asking again. He knows you didn't come and risk your life just so you can make me some food. What's your request? What's going on? So now she's going to say it, right? Now she's going to make a request. Here it goes. Then Esther answered, My wish and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request. Ooh, that's a mouthful. I mean, she is just speaking and just oh man, the wisdom that's coming out, and he's all like, I could grant your request, what do you want? (laughs) Let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I'll do as the king has said. Come back tomorrow. I got more food for you. Wise woman. Like, I'm going to have hamburgers. Pizza, come on back. I want you to see Isaiah chapter 66. We read it this morning. Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2. I need you to see this. This will blow you away. Maybe you didn't catch it when it was read, or maybe you did. Thus says the Lord, Isaiah 66, verse 1, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Just so you know, I'm the Lord. I'm sovereign over everything. What is the house that you, could, you would build me, and what is the place of my rest? The answer is, there's nothing you could do. He's sovereign. He's ruling and reigning. All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But look at this. Don't miss this. Brother Tom was mentioning it in his prayers. But this is the one to whom I will look. Who is it that the Lord will look at it? Who is it that the Lord's gaze will be set upon? Look at this. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Don't miss that. C.J. Mahaney in his great little book on humility, he says, think about this for a second. There is something that you can do that catches the gaze of God. And it's be humble before your God. What has Esther done? She has humbled herself before God and called for a fast and he is fixed on them. Not that he hasn't been taking care of them before. He has. But this is to another level now. He is blessing what they are going to do. So, we see the humility of Esther, and that is an encouragement for us. Next section. And Haman, verse 9, And Haman went out that day, joyful and glad of heart. Man, Haman's like, oh, this was great. I had some great chicken wings. This was a good day. Now look at this. Don't miss this. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him, he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. That quick. He's eating with the king. There's nobody else but him and Esther. He is this man. Oh, he's number two, man. This is great. I'm joyful, glad of heart. I made this decree that'll be going out soon. 
and Mordecai won't stand up. He won't honor him. And so Haman switches from joyful heart to wrath inside, just like that. Verse 10, Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and he sent and brought his friends and his wife, Zeresh. Listen to this. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, all the promotions with which the king had honored him, and how he had advanced him above the officials and the servants of the king. This guy is so prideful. One of our P's that we're talking about has to do with pride. Do you remember what it is? The peril of pride. This guy has pretty much everything except this one guy won't stand for him. Won't honor him. So he has all this joy. But all that gets snatched away because ultimately here's the problem. He has an idol inside of him. And that idol is himself. Pride. And so here's what the guy has to do. Listen to this. Here's what he's got to do. He goes home. He gets on the phone. Not really. Tom, I need you to come. Ian, Jeff, guys, I need you to come. Where's Heather? I need her to come. And look what he does. He recounts all the splendor of his riches. And listen, his wife is there, and he tells her how many sons he has. He's recounting all that. Is, he is so discouraged. He is so proud. And now he's ruined because one person wouldn't listen to him, wouldn't honor him. He has to call everybody so they can tell him how great he is. That's what this guy has to do. Verse 12, then Haman said, even Queen Esther, listen, you think I've got sons, I've got this going on, but listen to this, this even happened too. Even Queen Esther let no one but me come to the feast with the king she prepared. And tomorrow also am I invited to, to her together with the king. He's trying so hard for everybody to see how great he is because he has this hole inside of him. Brothers and sisters, I do have to say to you, be careful that this isn't you. How would you know? Well, what's the one thing that can just send you off? What's the one thing that can happen as you are going through life and as that thing comes or doesn't, you are ruined? Many of us have this pride. Many of us have this idol of self. And when people don't listen to us, when people don't acknowledge us, when people don't agree with us, when people don't say that we're important or listen to the things, our ideas, we then become angry, we become sad, we become ruined because our identity isn't what other people think instead of who God is and what, who God says we are. And so you know what? We laugh at him, but guess what? We do the same thing. You will call your friends, you will get your jury, and you'll tell your side of the story, and you want them to say, oh, you did everything you could. Oh, yeah, no, no that, no, that person was definitely wrong. We do the same thing if we're not careful. But we don't want to be like Haman, right? Who wants to be like Haman? Show of hands. More like Esther right now? Humble before her God? Some of you are like, I don't want to be like any of them. Fine. You don't have to. Be like Jesus. All right. So here's what his friends say. Or verse 13 first. Yet all of this is worth nothing to me so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the gate. All those things, my kids, my blessings, everything I have, none of that means anything to me as long as that guy's there. So here's what his family says. His loving family comes to him and they rebuke him. 
They say to him, no, no, that's a sinful way of thinking. You shouldn't think that way. Isn't that what they say? No. Brothers and sisters, we need people who will speak truth into our lives. When they see us being proud, they need to come and say, I see this in your life. I love you, but you're headed for ruin. And the Lord's gaze will not be on you. So here's what happens. Then his wife, Zeresh, he's going to listen to his wife. Again, that theme now, we're listening to the wives and when we made laws before that we're not going to listen, they don't know anything. Now we're going to listen, which we should. We should take into their account godly counsel. But here's what he said. This is not godly counsel. Then his wife, Zeresh, and all of his friends said to him, let a gallows 50 cubits high. I think this is something like 70, 75 feet or something like that. Seven stories High be made, and in the morning tell the king to have Mordecai hanged on it, and then go joyfully with the king to the feast. This idea pleased Haman, and he had the gallows made. I'm going to make it seven stories high, and I'm going to put my enemy up there so everybody can see that he wronged me, and look, I got him. Because I want to be great, and everyone know how powerful I am. You see his pride? That's why we can't end there. We can't end there. Let's go. Chapter 6. On that night... The king could not sleep. Ooh. You ever had a sleepless night? <laughs> My mamas are all like, yeah, every day. Okay. The king couldn't sleep. Providence of God, working, providence of God. And he gave orders to bring the book of the memorable deeds, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. The same one he said, mm, make sure we write down everything that happens, especially that those two guys tried to assassinate me. Write that down five years earlier. Just so happens he can't sleep. Just so happens he says, you know what? I want, to, I want to hear the history of what's been happening. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bichthana and Teresh, two of the king's units who guarded the threshold and who sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. Verse 3. And the king said, what honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? Remember, we asked that question. He saves the king and nothing happens. Nothing happens. The king's young men who attended him said, nothing has been done for him. Verse 4. And the king said, who happens to be outside right now? Who's in the court? <laughs> now Haman had just entered the, just entered the providence of God, just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hang down those gallows that he had prepared for him. Verse 5. And the king's young men told him, uh, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, ah, let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, let me ask you a question. Haman, got a quick question for you. What should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, you prideful guy, look at this, this is us. Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? There's nobody he would like to honor more. Here we go. And Haman said to the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, verse 8, let royal robes be brought which the king has worn and the horse that the king has ridden and to whose head a royal crown is set. And let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor and let them lead on the horse through the square of the city proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man who the king delights to honor. Wow. He's thinking it's him. He builds that thing up real nice. Give me your clothes, give me your horse, let me just go ride around, it's going to be great. Everyone's going to be, oh, look at him. He's awesome. Look, there's his enemy up on the gallows. Oh, man, Haman, you are awesome. Verse 10. <laughs> then the king said to Haman, hurry, 
take the robes. Haman's like, yeah, okay. And the horse, okay. Now this, okay. And, 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 and as you have said, do so to Mordecai the Jew. What happened in his mind right there? <laughs> Sir? What? To Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. You know, that gate that you keep going by that he won't stand? Yeah, that guy. Leave out nothing you have mentioned. Now, can he say no to the king? Nope. Verse 11, so Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai. (laughs) Can you imagine? Turn around, Mordecai. Oh. Oh, my gosh. took the robes and the horse and he dressed Mordecai and led him through the square of the city. Look what he has to say. Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights with honor. To honor. Oh, that's a big fall. The peril of pride. But then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning with his head covered. And Haman told his wife, Hey, babe. Say, Resh. Call everybody. Everything that happened to him. Why? He's going back to the same thing. He needs that. That's not fair what that king did to you. Oh. He's looking for that. He's looking for the affirmation again. <laughs> then he gets this. Then his wise men, his wife Zerah said to him, If Mordecai before you have begun to fall of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but you will surely fall before him. Whoa! Thanks for the encouragement, fam. Here's what I want to say. You see the humility of Esther. You see that her people, they are all fasting and crying out to their God. Brothers and sisters, let's be like that. Let's cry out to our God in humility and He sets His gaze upon you. Do not be like Haman. Should go without saying. Do not be proud and have this idol of self. Cry out to God that he would show it to you and repent of it. And last, look at the Lord's timing. This, in our minds, the first time she, should have, she went to the king, she should have probably made her request, but instead, as she cried out to God, she knew that she needed to invite them to a dinner, invite them the next day, and because if she didn't do that, guess what happens? He doesn't have the dream that night. He has to have the dream or he has to wake up, can't sleep, so he wakes up so they can come and recount in the book of Chronicles what happened, so he can go, hey, what happened with Mordecai? All that has to happen, so she can't go up that day and say, hey, will you save my people? Other things need to happen. Here's the encouragement. Don't rush God. Your God's timing is perfect. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, his timing is perfect. Trust that. Amen?